Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies podcast. The comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and today, officially, I am proud to say that 4 Comic Junkies is a member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. That's right. We're part of the big boys club now. Except, you know, it's a podcast club. So I was right, I think. I probably just got myself kicked out of the club. (sighs) Anyway, we've got a great show for you today. Um, On this day where I am on the the Batman Podcast Network, this is not a Batman episode, so uh, that'll that'll get me kicked out. Goodness. Um, It is... uh, February, and we are doing a love theme, which I am very, very excited about. We are starting off today, this week's episode, all about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the, and the loves that she has had, from Angel to Riley to Spike to um, Cancellation, because <laughs> um, we did not get into the uh, Season 8 and 9, 10 and the other comic books that came out, which is okay. We didn't need those. Um, we had my guest today is uh, my good friend Emily Jude. Uh, she's um, uh, Jesse's sister. Uh, you've heard Jesse James on the show. Uh, Emily is his sister. Uh, we've been really good friends for a long time. These people are practically family to me. Um, and Emily and I talk about the fact that despite being really great friends and both being huge Buffy nerds. I never really talked much Buffy before, so this was a this was a real treat to kind of get into her head a little bit and hear her thoughts on Buffy. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I do apologize for the choppy editing, as I've said before. I kind of suck at this, uh, at least the editing part of it. And uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, our internet connection wasn't great, but I salvaged what I could. Uh, this episode is two minutes long. She says, Angel, and then that's it. I'm kidding. She, um, uh, it, it gets cut off a little bit in the beginning, so I will say that she is a uh, Spike Buffy shipper, uh, Spuffy, as, uh, as she says, um, whereas uh, I am also a Spuffy shipper. Um, but you know what? I- I'm not going to spoil anymore. You know, we're going to get right into it. Uh, before that, uh, you can find me, of course, for Comic Junkies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Four comic junkies at gmail.com with questions, comments, concerns. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. In every generation, a podcast is chosen. Enjoy. All right. Thank you, Emily, for joining me this fine evening to talk all things Buffy. Thank or at least for having me. <laughs> <laughs> or the the love the many loves of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or as I yeah. like to call it, uh, Buffet the Vampire Lair. <laughs> Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about this before we recorded. Um, you know, we we've been really good friends for a long time. We I don't think we've had very many Buffy conversations though. Um, Not a ton, which is yeah. surprising. We, we've talked. I'm a huge Buffy nerd. I know we've talked everything else under the sun, from politics to family to 
even Star Trek when we you know, we went to go see Star Trek. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this would be a first. Yeah. Um, I'm ready. So, I, it's been nice to have someone to like talk to it about, especially because it was the first time I had rewatched the show. I would say like as an adult, it had been about six years since I had watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously like it means something different to me now than it did then, than yep. it did when I was a teenager or a, a kid when I first watched it. But, um, I'm super excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, when, when did you get into the show? Um, well, the first time I actually ever saw an episode of Buffy, I have like a very poignant memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like six years old and my parents had gone out and, my brother was watching us and I stayed up super late and watched TV in the living room. And it was season two. It was the episode school hard. It's Spike's first appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a scene where like this girl, this like bad egg that is supposed to be planning, uh, you know, like the parent teacher conference night with Buffy gets turned into a vampire and she's walking behind uh willow or buffy with an axe and it scared the crap out of me because of like her (laughs) vampire face yeah um but i loved scary stuff when i was a kid Mm -hmm. i would say maybe like in seventh or eighth grade that's when i started actually like getting the seasons on dvd and watching them religiously Mm -hmm. i think season three and season six were the first two seasons i ever owned so those were the first two i ever watched in succession all the way through Mm. and the obsession just grew from there (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, um, and I, I've talked about this before on the show where the reason I started watching the show is because I had a massive crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, and so I caught like the very end of season four. I remember watching. Oh yeah. Um, I watched the, the Adam episode cause I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I ever saw the dream episode until the DVDs came out. Um, but, um, I watched but then I got into season five, like hardcore. So that's my favorite season. Um, so what grew from just like my initial crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar turned into like, wow, this show is actually really great. And yeah. then, uh, and then unfortunately, when they, what, what's that? Oh no, keep going. <laughs> uh, when when they moved networks in season six, yeah. um, I, essentially Smallville took its place. So I ended up watching Smallville over Buffy, and it wasn't until years later when I got all the DVDs and I watched the entire show. I stayed up. It was like a long weekend where I stayed up, like I pulled an all nighter and watched season six and seven, which I'd never seen. Um, uh, and it tough was, seasons to watch. <laughs> I, I really enjoy season six though. Um, uh, season six is one of my favorites, which is funny because it's one of like the least favorites out of, like by mm. popular vote. Um, and it's Sarah Michelle Gellar's least favorite season too. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that, and which is unfortunate because I thought that they had some cool stuff to say throughout that season. Yeah. And then, um, and then the season seven is not my least favorite, but I don't revisit that as often. I'm not sure why, I guess, for whatever reason, um, I didn't find it as compelling as the other seasons. Um, yeah. But, uh, but whatever. Um, so in celebrating Valentine's Day, uh, you know, jam of the valence. Uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're we're talking the many loves of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'd asked you who who do you ship with Buffy and her? Ugh, this is such a hard 
hard topic of conversation for me because <laughs> anyone who has known me my whole life will tell you I'm a huge I was obsessed with him. Like I, I told people on the playground at recess in eighth grade, like I'm so in love with him. Like I want to marry him, <laughs> but uh, I should probably say Angel, but I feel like it's still always going to be spuffy for me. Um, I, I really dug, uh, I think Spike as a character is really fascinating uh, just because he's, uh, my my friend Sarah always put it really well where she said that she always felt Spike was at his best when he was pathetic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, because they hinted at in season um, four when Willow has like the what, like the wish power or whatever, like whatever she yes. says comes true. Um, which has one of my favorite endings with the something Hoffren, blue that's one of my yes. favorite episodes yeah. <laughs> the the ending with the Hoffren is one of my favorite endings of Buffy and what makes that show great but um you know because they kind of hinted at it there that like Spike and Buffy maybe there's a thing there um even yeah. though it's kind of a joke um but look at how then, wrong it is <laughs> yeah and and I remember watching season five and really kind of kind of relating to Spike in a lot of ways just being like man I know what it's like to just love this girl that just not in, in my case I've never had a woman like actively hate me but like um just kind of like brush her off and it's just so like I'm just looking at him going I get it man <laughs> I, I fucking get it it sucks when you're like crazy for these people and there's just it's not the same or not, they don't feel the same, I should say. Do you think that um, he's really in love with her, though, in season five? Because I feel like it's kind of an infatuation. Um, as, as, season five is not one of my favorite seasons, but it has some of my favorite episodes, like Fool for Love, where he, Buffy gets sta staked with her own stake. And oh, yeah. she asks Spike to tell her how he killed two slayers. And that's a great episode. Um, I love that episode. I just got chills thinking about it because I'm thinking mm. about uh, him telling her you have a death wish and then hearing the first slayer go, death is your gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just, it seems like very, like an infatuation. You have the episode where, you know, Drusilla comes back um and harmony and he has buffy and drusilla chained up in the in the crypt mm -hmm. i think episode where he gets kidnapped and um glory tortures him and he doesn't tell her that dawn is the key and buffy kisses him at the end of that episode that is like a part that i have like played over and over because mm -hmm. that's the moment i think i realized like oh this is this isn't just like he's developed some weird obsession with her. Like he really is in love with her and he would do anything for her. Yeah. Ugh, I love him. That, <laughs> that, that, that scene I think is, uh, is, is really great. And I remember, uh, like the, the whole, the Buffy bot of it is so weird. Um, yeah. but also like, I, and this sort of spikes weird charm in a way where it's like, he, it's like, 
even before he gets his soul. It's like he knows what he's doing is wrong. Like the episode yeah. you were talking about with with Drusilla. It's it's a really I think one of the, my one of the, a really great understated moment in that. And James Marsters does a really great job acting it. It's when Drusilla and him go after go in the bronze. They go after that couple, and yeah. Drusilla kills the girl and gives her to Spike. And Spike has this look like, should I be doing this? And and it's really well well done by James Marsters, who is not British, <laughs> um, but you know he uh, he totally sold that character and yeah, and it's it's really interesting to watch that and um, and Drusilla's even the description of love where Buffy's like you know you don't love you can't love and she's like oh we love you know love is in in our blood you know love is part of us. And uh, vampires have always been very uh, weirdly romantic, going back to Dracula, you know? It's, uh, it's always been- But it's been... usually like a lust-powered romance. Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's not usually, which makes me think, cause I just finished watching Angel um, when Darla is pregnant with mm -hmm. Connor, the episode where she gives birth to him, she's saying um, like they're sharing a soul and that's mm -hmm. why she can feel all these feelings for the baby. And once he's out of her, she won't be able to love it. And I think that's like a really, they never really like settle on a point on can these creatures, because that is what they are, right. can they love or can they not? It's like, yeah, they can do things that replicate love, but can they actually love? It's like the tree yeah, they probably can. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the tree falls in the forest line, right? Like, does it does it make a sound? And I remember yeah. my I remember having that argument with my dad when I was a kid. He's like, he would always say that, and I'd be like, well, of course it makes a sound. He's like, but there's no one around to hear it. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean it doesn't make a sound. He's like, yeah, but how do you know? You're not there. No one's around to hear it. And <laughs> fucking guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> because we know. We know that that's what trees do, <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it but it's kind of the same thing with the vampires. You know, can can they love or can't they? And um, I remember the not you know the the season six. You know, when when he attacks her, and and I love reading that like James Marsters is really not okay with that storyline. And I and even looking back, it's like I wish they had fought to keep that out of there because it doesn't. I don't think it serves any purpose other than to kick Spike out of the show for the last few episodes. And then he comes back with his soul in season seven. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, I have strong thoughts on this. Um, let's, let's hear them. Because the internet is like, what'd you say? <laughs> no, I said, let's go what'd for it. Say? Yeah. So, because of the internet, you know, I'm one of those people that when I'm watching something, I can't help but be like, IMDBing and reading trivia and whatever when I'm watching it, especially if it's something like I've watched before. Yes, um, and I revisited an article actually today to prepare myself to talk to you because I knew you were going to ask me, are you Team Angel or Team Spike? And um, James has given a ton of interviews about the rape scene. Um, and I read one that was actually very recent and he, he put it in a way that finally made sense to me because for the longest time I couldn't figure out like, what was the point of that? 
he come other than like to motivate him to get his soul right and have him come back in season seven and be and actually be able to love Buffy um but he said um wow my brain just stopped moving for a second there (laughs) he said that the women well the viewer of the show is viewing Buffy from Buffy's perspective so Mm -hmm. when when someone watches it you are Buffy you are feeling her feelings and he's very charming and he's handsome and so many young women were extremely drawn to his character um not just women you know men everything in between people were attracted to the character of spike Mm -hmm. and they and when joss does something he does it all the way and he decided that he needed to do something so horrible to make the viewer understand that he is not a good guy Mm. he may be charming he may fight on the side of side of good um but he is not who you should want her with it is not healthy and here is why and then ultimately for that person to become so disgusted with who they are and what they've become that they that he goes on this journey and he goes through all of these trials and tribulations to get his soul um and hearing it from him and kind of understanding joss's perspective on why it was put in there made me under like I definitely feel like I finally have a a much better sense of understanding because for such a long time it was just like an ugly blot in in Buffy history that I unfortunately would try to sweep under the rug like I still love the character Spike he's super funny um especially I love him on season five of Angel I think he's so good with David Boreanaz um but yeah I had to like tuck away this part of him that I didn't like and watching it now like as an adult and you know we're much more aware about like sexual assault and such in times like these uh I finally feel like I was able to process his character's motivation for the first time um but you know and that that does make a lot of sense and uh it it's it's interesting to hear that and, and I know that Joss Whedon was uh, you know, and, and lots kind of come to light about Joss Whedon in in recent years, uh, sort of his not so nice behavior behind the scenes. And there, and I was listening to a podcast with James Marsters where he said that Joss Whedon was angry about how popular Spike became, and he was like, "I don't, I don't care how popular you think you are. If I say this character dies, then this character dies." And and you know, Marsters just kind of took it in stride at the time. But um, it was, but it's it's like he's telling that story, and I'm just like, well, that sort of confirms these other things that we've heard about Joss Whedon. But um, there's no denying he's a great writer, he's well, a great director. But that might be to it. that point. Um, the idea for Spike's, the idea for Spike's character to do that to Buffy, um, came from the writers' room. Um, and something else that James said was like, it's just such a testament of the the trust that Joss built with the writers was they all sat down and and he asked them to um, talk about the worst thing they have ever done in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a woman who said that she had, I think she had broken up with a boyfriend and she went over to his house and tried to like force herself on him. And he was Mm -hmm. like, get off of me. What are you doing? And she left and she realized like, 
oh my God, who have I become? This is me on my worst day at my worst point in my life. And she was willing to share that. And that's actually where the idea came from uh, to have Spike's character do that to Buffy. Hmm. I, I think let's I have talk to about that. something happy. That's <laughs> depressing. Let's yeah. Let's <laughs> let's switch topics to the happiest nope. character on the show, which is Angel. Uh, <laughs> very much the uh, he's like the. Don't you shit talk my my boo? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I love him. It's I think that um, the what was great about that character, like first and foremost, was that there was sort of a slow burn with Angel in the first in, in the first season of Buffy and then in season two, right? Because yes. in the first first season you don't know who he is. Where it's just like who who is this guy? And then when it's yeah. revealed he's a vampire, oh he's not just a vampire, he's a vampire with a soul. Um and then it's like, oh he and Buffy kind of have an off and on thing. And then they finally do get together and he turns evil. Uh and I, I think that arc his arc through the first two seasons, which I'm glad they didn't end his story, but they could have ended it in season two. Um, yes. Um, yeah. D- David Boreanaz is just, I mean. What he, a waste of character though, if they would have done that. It, 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 it would have been, and I'm glad they didn't. He's so good. He's fantastic. He yeah. is so, as Angelus, the mm. switch that flips in him, even at, like in Angel, there's a couple, um, episodes where like he's angelus for a little bit and to, mm-hmm. or he'll pretend to be angelus and how he flips into that ooh, he is so damn good i, I love it i think what the show did really well with its villains was um it's like okay well how do you top the master who's like the the baddest of the bad with the vampires it's like well the king of vampires <laughs> yeah it's like let's let's not go a bigger route let's go a more emotional route and have it be angel who turns into the villain yeah um really you know really shocking because i remember watching it and the one uh like gypsy guy is the guy from batman returns (laughs) has the machine gun and the yes uncle uh Uncle Janos. <laughs> yeah. I was I remember watching it. I was like, that's the guy from Batman Returns. There's Uncle. <laughs> um but he, I mean It sure it, is. It that turn from Angel to Angelus, um, you really feel for Buffy. And it even kind of comes up when she sleeps with um uh Parker in season four. She says, Is this is this what guys do you just sleep with them and then they turn evil and i just remember laughing and going oh yeah. yes yes it is what we do i can attest to that <laughs> no I'm they kidding. are I'm... evil before that <laughs> <laughs> but you still do it i don't know why uh, but uh yeah that was um that when he turns it's such a weird concept oh if he has a moment of happiness then he loses his soul and they couldn't they explain it in very weird magical terms and, and you just sort of kind of go along with it like the story's so good that i don't really need to think too hard about well does that work because it doesn't matter because yeah we you know, like you said before we're we as the audience we're buffy so we can see her see what she's doing and go i kind of get 
that she wouldn't kill Angel. Like I, I kind of get that it it she yeah. can't muster it up, right? Um, or that she didn't that's... even she didn't even realize at first, you know, like she knew something was wrong, but she. Mm-hmm. It's a very human like side of Buffy because she has this very intense emotional attachment to this person um and their relationship is already extremely complex and then she loses her virginity to him and it's her fault that like it i hate saying it like that like she doesn't know it and she doesn't mean for it to be Mm -hmm. neither of them can help it but it's her fault that and having to grapple with all of that um like the first episode where she confronts him when they uh bazooka the judge um and then they're fighting in the rain yeah at the mall yeah and he's like you can't do it and she just says give me time Mm -hmm. after she knocks someone in the in the the sandbags (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) it uh it's such a good arc for her character in that season. Although like, I hate that you finally get the satisfaction of them being together and seeing this romance that they have. And Dave and Sarah obviously have such amazing chemistry. And I think that some of the best acting that's ever come out of Buffy has truly come out of the scenes when they, they share the screen together. Yep. Um, but her, her the whole arc of her character in that season um, comes from that last final battle where they're fighting in the courtyard of the mansion and Mm -hmm. you know he has her down she doesn't have her sword and he's like giving his speech and he's like you have no friends you have no family because her mom's kicked her out you have no boyfriend what does that leave you and she's like me and she freaking grabs the sword (laughs) Mm. i'm like yes buffy (laughs) makes Um, me want to like do a do a cheer like I'm at the premiere of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the the one episode that I think in a in a strange way and obviously it's designed this way that helps sell their sort of Romeo Juliet tragedy is the episode with the ghost couple that keeps possessing people throughout the school. Oh, and then when it yes. possesses Buffy and Angel, it's reversed where. You know, Angel's the girl and, and Buffy's the yes. boy. Um, and it, so those ghosts get closure because, you know, An- Angel can't, when he gets shot, he can't be killed. Uh, not that not that way, at least. Um, and it's, And they have the ability to reconcile. Yeah. And they, so those, char- those two ghosts get their closure. And then Buffy and Angel, I think it's such a good moment, too, when the, the spirits leave their bodies and they both just sit there kind of stunned and Angel just pushes her away and, and Buffy's just sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? You know, um, it's, it's so that, cause I, I remember Joss Whedon saying that episode, that performance convinced him that Boreanaz could do a spinoff. Um, and, and I, mm-hmm. and when I rewatched it, hearing, having heard Whedon say that I was like, yeah. Um, I, I see that, yeah, 100%, because it takes, having to be that vulnerable is really, uh, really tough, you know? Um, 
if that makes any sense. One of my favorite episodes, it, it does. One of my favorite episodes, it happened, I can't remember, I think it's after that episode, which is I Only Have Eyes for You. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the episode, one of my favorite episodes of season two is Passion. And that's the one where Angel is doing a voiceover during the whole episode, or Angelus is doing a voiceover, um, talking about passion and what it does to people. And it's the episode where he kills Jenny Calendar. Mm. Um, and he's giving a speech at the end of the episode while he's um, watching Buffy um, in her home when Willow answers the phone and gets the call that Jenny is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Giles calls them. Ugh. His acting in that episode is like chill inducing. It's yep. so, it's funny because like, yeah, it's a show, at least at that time, it was a show about a high, about metaphorical high school problems that teenagers deal with. Mm-hmm. um but as demons and so it's like yeah it's campy and whatever but the serious note that it hit in that episode i thought was such like a, a mature um and articulate tone like oof it, that show doesn't get enough credit for how damn good it is <laughs> it, you know i don't i don't really like the term like cult status you know um yeah. I don't think Buffy has that because um, I I think that would be robbing the fan like the fans of their their passion and everything. Um, it's because I don't think I wouldn't call it like a cult classic or anything like that. Maybe maybe the original movie, which I've never seen. I've never seen the original movie. Um, <laughs> your eyes just lit up there. <laughs> um, it's so awful. Let's watch it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. We should. Donald uh, Sutherland is in it. He's yeah, he, the her he, watcher. Oh yeah, and, like he's, uh, he's Giles. Luke right? Perry. Well, yeah. it's not Giles. He's her oh, first okay. watcher, the one that gets killed. But like Luke Perry's oh, okay. in it, and it's horrifically great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because apparently the the first season of the show was meant to be kind of a sequel because they sort of reference what happens yeah. in the movie, I guess. Um, but again, I've I've never seen it. Just like I've never seen season five of Angel. Um, so that's the best season that's actually a lie but it's it's funny because so we just finished angel maybe like three or four weeks ago Mm -hmm. we've watched the first season and started season two and then took like a three or four month break like we hadn't watched it since july i think and then we decided to pick it back up again and season four of angel is without a doubt the worst season ever adult connor can go suck a big one i cannot (laughs) stand him um and charisma carpenter was truly robbed um in season five of angel i i absolutely hate the circumstances under her departure and that we never got yeah like the her she has a final episode in season five and it's like tying a bow on her character but she did not get the the exit she deserved. Cordelia did not get the exit she deserved. And I hate that she's, I love Spike in season five. He and Angel are great, but it's, yeah. I, I always wanted Angel and Cordy to be. <laughs> That's funny. I, I never, um, I, I, I heard the story about like, you know, what I was talking about before with Joss Whedon, like why she got, uh, essentially fired from the show and everything it's i mean you know there's and that goes into the whole like i guess for 
like toxic masculinity or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. Toxic work environment, so to speak. Um, which uh, is not fair to Charisma Carpenter because I think that she, her making the leap from Buffy to Angel, uh, just to stay on this tangent for a second, I, I didn't miss Cordelia in season four of Buffy, but I loved, I loved her throughout her seasons on Angel. Yes. I thought she was a great fit for that, which I never, I probably wouldn't have thought back in the day. Um, is so great. The comedic timing um, and this weird, like complete opposite of his own character. They just play off of each other so well and the story works so well. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one episode of Angel. I, I don't remember the exact episode, but it's, I, I think it's in season two when Angel and Wesley come back to um, um, to Angel Investigations or whatever. And Wesley's like, it's going to take a long time for both of us to forgive you. And then Cordelia runs in and goes, I love all the new clothes you bought me. Like, oh my great, gosh. You have a great sense of taste. You have like a gay man's taste. <laughs> My roommate, so she loves when uh, when David Boreanaz smiles, and the, <laughs> he never he never smiled with Buffy the way he smiles with Cordelia. Like I'm mm. talking cheesy, toothy grin. Like you see his whole face light up, and he's standing next to her. She's like holding the clothes. We yeah. watched it. She like paused and rewound it like a bunch of times. We kept watching <laughs> it because his smile when he interacts with her is just like a beam of light. It's so cute, but I love that part. It's so funny. Yeah, they uh, uh, and and they had a great chemistry in that show and. Um, and I, I was always, uh, you know, I, I never disliked the Cordelia character. And even when her and Xander got together, which it is, which just seems so like random and weird, like why, but I, I kind of liked them together, you know, like there was a, there was a good energy there. And I felt that for the most part, the pairings that they did on the show, like Willow and Oz, um, you know, Cordy and Xander, um, you know, even Willow and Tara, obviously the big one of the big ones. Um, they they all like fit together really well, and I think one of the, my least favorite things was the uh, Willow and uh, Xander affair throughout season three. It just was like this. It felt so forced, and I just it was it it worked, I guess. But also like I felt so bad for Oz and Cordelia, you know. Uh, yeah, when I, that was another one of the first episodes I ever watched on TV was when Cordelia catches them and she falls through the stairs and gets impaled. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time I think we really see Cordelia in a truly weakened state. Like we've seen her, you know, like kidnapped by the invisible girl and threatened to get her face cut up and, and she's been, you know, kidnapped or knocked unconscious before, but the hurt that she's feeling uh it's heart-wrenching when she's sitting in the hospital bed at the end and xander comes in and he's trying to talk to her and she just says stay away from me yeah and her she looks so broken i hated that i and i hated that willow could hurt oz because when that finally unfolded and happened i was like oh thank goodness willow is finally like over xander 
she's found someone who's way better than Xander. <laughs> and then to just go and fucking do that. <clears throat> no, I don't like it. No, I, I totally agree. And Oz, I think, was a a really, uh, I use this term loosely, uh, I, I don't like to say forgettable character, but in terms of the, uh, the, the characters with like the strongest narratives, he, it, almost by design, sort of was against the wall most of the time, um, which is unfortunate because I think he was actually one of the better characters on the show. Um, he's one that I did miss when he was gone. As much as I love Tara, and I love that journey for Willow because I yeah. think that was groundbreaking on TV at the time. Um, you know, that, that wasn't really yeah. happening. Um, like <laughs> I was watching Ellen DeGeneres' uh, stand-up special from a couple years ago. Uh, it's only one of the funniest things I've ever watched. And she talked about how she made this big decision to come out as gay on her show. And it was going to be a huge thing. And she was like, and, and I'm going to inspire all these people. They're going to do the same thing. It's going to be fantastic. And that did not happen. You know, she was kind of left alone and shunned for several years in yeah. Hollywood. Um, so for them to, you know, for Whedon and, and his crew to be brave enough to try that with Willow, um, I guess they, they figured enough time has passed. This is a little bit more acceptable. We can do this now. Um, but I, I loved hearing that story with Ellen because I remember when that happened. I remember watching the episode where she comes out as gay and and feeling like, oh, that's that's cool. And then remembering that the show got canceled like right after that episode. And uh, there's Flower's Tale right in my face. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we, um, and, and then she was just kind of gone from the public eye for the longest time. And I always felt really bad for her. Um, and then... But luckily, you know, but then getting back to Buffy, it's like, so them deciding to do that, especially with their female characters, because maybe it would have been more acceptable with the male characters, um, which is sad, but true. Um, so I recently read, and I don't know if this is, I, I don't know when the statement was taken, but I believe it was Joss who said that he initially wanted Willow to be bisexual, but mm. he knew it wouldn't fly with the network. Um, so it was the WB actually that like put the damper on it. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was him, like if that's a more recent comment and it was more like a backpedaling to try and make himself look better type of comment. <laughs> but, um, he said that from the beginning, he wished that Willow had just been by, by, cause it would have, um, it just, it kind of seems like it was always meant to be there. And in season three, you know, she has an interaction with her doppelganger, mm -hmm. um, and that's where they first hint at her, you know, bisexual tendencies. Um, but Will and Tara, I, see, I love Oz. I mean, Seth Green is such a good actor. He couldn't help yep. that he was getting like a million other acting jobs at, during his time on Buffy, yep. which is why he left. Um, I really loved his character and his like stoicism was like a much appreciated like breath of fresh air during an uh, an episode um or like his little comments are some of the funniest ones to me and they like his delivery was just so good um yeah but but man they they really make you fall in love with willow and tara 
and then they make you fall in love with them getting back together and then they fucking rip the carpet out from under your feet um yeah i it's it's uh i think what would made that oz work so well like you said that he was such a different energy from everybody else because they're all so like loud and opinionated and quippy and fast and he's the exact he's quippy but in like a quiet stoic way and it just it was like the right balance of everything yeah um and his uh his arc you know with the, the the werewolf stuff i think was a great way to put him in the show um and didn't it never really felt forced or anything like his last episode when he comes back later in season four um, yeah, it's actually one of my one of my favorite episodes because you see Willow have to struggle with this. Wait, this is who I am now, and this represents who I was. Um, yeah, where do I go? Because he comes back and he's like, you know, hey, he's like, hey, look up, and it's the full moon, and he's not a werewolf. Um, but then, you know, it, he, um, but then you know his anger triggers it, and I love that. You know, and I've said this before in the show, but um, I love that when he confronts Tara and he realizes that there's something going on between the two of them, there isn't, there isn't like a, there isn't any bigotry or anything like that there. It's, it's kind of a genuine, like, I don't understand, like, what's going on here, you know? Okay, there we go. I hear I hear you chuckling. <laughs> there we go. Um, what was the last thing you just said? I said uh, there, there's no uh, bigotry when he confronts Tara. You know, uh, there's there's just sort of like there's a there's a jealousy, sure, but it's not it's not in a uh, it's in an understandable, normal way, not in a well. Now I'm pissed off because you changed her kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, They uh, did an interesting job in handling her coming out. Like when she tells Buffy, Buffy doesn't know what to say. Like she's like, you're my friend and I love you. But she's like, oh, oh. And they handled it in like kind of a a weird way. And I really love um, in the season four finale in Restless when, when she's dreaming, and uh, she's in class and they're like, what are you doing? Take off your costume. And it's season four Willow and they take it away and it's season one Willow. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you've come so far and you've grown into this person, but are you just kidding yourself? Are you pretending to be something that you're not? I think, I really love how they explored uh, her relationship with Tara in that episode. The, um the 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 metaphors you know like you know talking about before like the high school is hell right um it's very i love that the show was really great at kind of being very subversive like with uh you know i talked about the dehoffrin earlier you know when he's just like is that how you feel and she's like yes and he's like all right well that's fine you know just (laughs) you you think there's gonna be like this give us a chance (laughs) Right, you know, there's going to be this fire or battle or something. It's just, no, it's just, you uh, But like that, where you think that, you know, you know oh, you got to take off your costume. It's going to be like, are they going to address Willow being gay? What, what are they doing here? And yeah. it's like, no, they're addressing Willow, like, 
now being more comfortable with who she is versus being the shy, meek, you know, um, like in the first episode, you know, she says to Buffy, like Buffy's like, hey, you know, I'm going to go say hi to somebody. I'll be right back. And she's like, oh, no, you don't have to come back. And she's like, no, I'm going to come back, you know. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone um, who just honestly expects like the worst. Much. I don't like when Willow goes bad. Um, but everything else about Willow, A+. plus. <laughs> I think my only complaint is that I think that she gets a little too hammy uh Allison Hannigan with the bad willow um because I think that bad uh, willow um yeah uh, but I think she's a scary character um so I buy her going through this grief and becoming this very powerful you know force to be reckoned with but I just think that Allison Hannigan is so like the writing the writing though was like comical yeah. Like, I always think of, um, in season seven of Buffy, when Andrew does the storyteller episode, mm-hmm. scenes of Andrew being cool, and mm-hmm. she's like, you boys like magic, right? Abracadabra. Like, it's so cheesy. Like, who wrote that? <laughs> who wrote it? Like, she's not the mayor. She's a willow who's pretty smart and bad. Like, yeah. would she really sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's just, I, I like those scene. I like those uh, episodes, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's whatever. Um, one, uh, another um, underrated character on the show, in addition to Oz, is definitely Riley. Um, yeah. He, um, I think... And that's another one. And and you got to meet Mark Lucas doing uh, Unearth. Uh, <laughs> I sure did. Which I was I He's was a super very handsome man. <laughs> I was super jealous of that because I was supposed to be on set the one day, but they changed the schedule, oh, and yeah. I could and I couldn't go, and I was really upset. Um, but the day but the day I was supposed to take off, I still took off. But <laughs> should have just gone out there, man. <laughs> I should have. Um, but yeah, that I think that. Uh, that was another character that was really great where you feel like, oh, Buffy's going to have like a normal boyfriend now. Um, But it's like, oh no, he's actually with the initiative. And, and even like in season five, when he comes back for the episode in season six, um, he's fairly normal, at least compared to the rest of them. But um, he, I just, I loved his devotion to Buffy and his just like, like in a way more so than Angel and definitely Spike. This was the guy she could have brought home, and and had kind of the the white picket fence and the you know <laughs> that kind of life. Um, more so than she could have had with Angel. She would have had with Spike, or even who was that other kid in season three that she dated for like two episodes? Was his name Scott? <laughs> Scott, because I, I I was gonna call him. I was going to call him Buster, and I was like, well, that's not right. Because they make <laughs> no, the joke. No, because you, about going Keaton. to the Buster Keaton Festival. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was like, I was like this Buffy name the guy named Buster? Dated a guy named Buster. <laughs> Buffy I mean, and I Buster. Wouldn't, I mean, like, they don't have, like, regular names. There's Willow and Buffy and Xander. It's like, you know, so if his name had been Buster, I wouldn't have, you know, batted an eye at it. <laughs> Scott um, Hope. I think that's his name. Well, Scott Hope. He's a turd. 
<laughs> yeah, he broke up with her. Like, I, was like, I don't know. If I was, if I was, right before homecoming. Well, if I was 17 years old dating 17 year old Sarah Michelle Geller, um, no, we're, we're getting married. <laughs> I'm logging this down. <laughs> um, Sarah, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller, now I would still marry if it wasn't for Freddie Prince Jr. and the fact that she doesn't know who I am. Um, yeah. That's really holding you back. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. There's there's just those things. I can fix them though. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah. Riley, I, I think Riley, I have a lot of weird feelings about him because at first I do like um, I like their dynamic. I like that he's the quote unquote normal guy. Um, and that he is in the, the initiative so he can understand the world that she comes from because yep. like when she tries to date Owen in season one, he doesn't understand. Like he just wants to, uh, he wants a thrill or whatever. Yeah. Um, she never even tells Scott anything about who she is. It's, right. you know, it's super rare that she ever actually gets close enough to someone to reveal her identity. Um, my problem with him is I, my problem. Let me just start off with my problems with him. Um, I don't think he ever could accept how, how much more powerful she was than him. I think the power dynamics between the two of them are, are like a really interesting character study um, because I think it really bothered him that she was stronger than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, while he is devoted to her, the I really didn't understand slash like his whole having another vampire feed off of him thing um, to understand what Dracula did to her and the power that she felt, you know, I just thought that was so messed up and was like, you're reaching here, buddy. It's time (laughs) for you to go. (laughs) Yeah. That, that that was strange. It, the episode, the end of that episode, though, where, you know, Xander catches Buffy in the alley and she's like, he's going to leave tonight if I don't go catch him. And he's like, and you're not going after him. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And she finally realizes, like, I have. And I'm going to let him get away. And the fact that she misses it, she misses that opportunity for herself is really sad. Um I watched that episode on TV when it aired and it made me really depressed. <laughs> the, uh, the, the follow-up episode uh, with uh, Xander and Anya and, uh, and Buffy's like crying with Tara and he, she's like, Xander left? It's like, well, I mean, you know, he just like went away. Like he'll come back. He's like, but, but what if he doesn't come back? I mean, they have a miraculous love. And <laughs> they have a beautiful love. <laughs> And you know she ends up beating up the uh, the troll at the end. Uh, <laughs> um, oh yeah, triangles that episode. I yeah. Yeah, that's a funny episode. That's that's another character that. that I never quite warmed up to is Anya. I always found her uh, like Cordelia light in very much a bad way. Um, and. Charisma mentioned um, in the Angel reunion last year, 
that she, I don't know if this is true or not, but they sort of, Cordelia's character was the character that was like, um, what you guys do, are doing is stupid. Your plan is stupid. Mm-hmm. And they took her over to Buffy. And so Anya was, see, James had it in his head that he was taking Cordelia's place on Buffy. But mm-hmm. then his character developed in such a way that I don't think he ever saw coming. And so Anya became the person who's like, your plan is stupid. And she's not saying it to be mean like Cordelia was. Yeah, She just can't, she has no filter. Mm-hmm. And because she has been a demon for almost her entire life, she has such a unique perspective on life and the world. And um, here she falls in love with this very nerdy boy. And she starts to... her soul can't just get back into her body. It makes me ball my eyes out. She's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I hate that they, Joss Whedon can't let people be happy and he had to go and make Xander freaking leave her at the altar. (laughs) I hate, I hated that. Yeah. That, that seemed, that seemed out of character in my mind. I, I yeah, didn't... like they did lead up to it. Like they made meant they like put little things in there that showed you Xander kind of was had cold feet about it all. But like, where did it come from? Yeah. Other than like, are they trying to just say you're towards her and propose to her with no intention of ever following through on it because he thought he would die? I didn't get that vibe when he proposed to her, but then that's kind of how they set it up in season six. And I hate that you had this guy who was kind of considered a loser, who found a very beautiful woman who is smart and funny and attractive. And he's going to get cold feet because he doesn't, he can't handle the possibility that he might turn out like his parents someday. Like what a dumb storyline. I'm sorry. It, 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 no, no, it, no. Was. It, it was because it, it just, um, you know, like we were talking about before with this subversion of a lot of the characters in the storylines, it, it, it made sense for them to have cold feet. That's obviously a very normal thing for couples to go through before they get married. Um, and then when it's like, he has the line in the musical episode, he has, you know, am I marrying a demon? You know, it's like, so there's, it makes sense that they have their back and forth. Um, but it, I think it would have been more interesting if they got together and then, and then maybe it doesn't work out in some way, shape, or form. Um, but they—that's not the route that they went. Um, but then again, I really liked um, Anya's storyline in season seven when she becomes a demon again, and she struggles with that. Um, I thought that was uh, that was really good versus uh, the. So I don't know. I guess it sort of worked out, but then again, they fucking killed her off at the end of the show, <laughs> um, which I didn't think. Dude, her death. The first time I saw that episode, I didn't even register that that was her and that she had died. Like it was so quick, and I understand that, like, yeah, people you love are gonna die in the heart of battle, whatever. But that was like a throwaway. I was like, wow, we really just don't care about Anya, I guess, huh? Yeah. Well, like, 
you couldn't have given it like two seconds more of screen time. Yeah. It, uh, not a great handling of some of the female characters from Joss Whedon. Um, but what are you going to do? Um, anyway, um, so do you have uh, all the couples we've talked about? Is there, do you have a favorite throughout the show or would it just be Spuffy or Bangle like you're talking about before? My favorite couple? Does it have to be like an actual couple or could it be a relationship of oh, any yeah. kind? Yeah, go, go, yeah, go for that. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what is one of my favorite relationship storylines in all of Buffy and Angel is the relationship between Angel and Faith? Um, oh Faith yeah was one of my favorite characters as a child um i i wanted to be her i would play buffy in my best friend's basement when we were in like fifth grade and i would dress up with my black leather jacket and my dark red lipstick and pretend that i was eliza dishku because i freaking love her character yeah. i always am drawn towards the baddies but especially how her character develops in Angel, I mean, they start it in, in season three when she, uh, you know, breaks down and uh, Angel's trying to rehabilitate her before she's, you know, kiss, kidnapped, I guess, by the Watchers Council. Mm -hmm. And he's getting through to her because he's the only person that can relate to her, yeah. that has killed people and understands what it's like to live with remorse every day and have to live with that guilt. And her journey on Angel... Um, finally getting to the point where she's trying to goad him into killing her and he won't and she on her own comes to the conclusion that she needs to turn herself in and pay for what she's done mm -hmm. and the last episode that she's in on angel which is in season four right before she comes over onto buffy for the uh series finale um she goes into his mind and thinks this is this is the last thing I have to do and then I'm going to die and I'm going to, I won't have to live anymore with mm -hmm. what I've been living with. And he's like, no, that's not how it works. I just love their chemistry. And um, I know that they always hinted that there was, there was like this something else between them, which I don't ever think there was despite Buffy being jealous. I think her jealousy stemmed from I've never killed anyone, so I can't relate to you. And it kills me that I love you so much and you can relate to this person more about something than I can. Mm -hmm. um, but that's actually one of my favorite relationships in the show. I wish we would have had more of Faith because I think she's one of the coolest characters and it would have been just interesting to see see how, how, had, how she had grown in season seven of Buffy. I would have liked to see more of her working alongside with them after having spent some time in prison. Um, I mean, they, I guess they talked about- But Spike it. is always the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess there was talk of a Faith spinoff, but uh, Eliza went to do other projects. Yes. Um, I, I did get to meet her at a- True at a Calling. Uh, yes, just she, which lasted like 10 episodes. <laughs> really? Ugh. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I met her at um it was new york comic-con when was that it must have been 2011 and you know i had a buffy season eight cover that that faith was on and you know it's like the buffy logo mm -hmm. and she 
Faith had spray painted over with Faith, the Vampire Slayer, and um, Faith. Yeah, and yeah. and I and I talked to her for a few minutes, and I was like, because uh, she had she was doing the voice of Catwoman in one of the animated Batman movies, and I was like, I was like, I'm so excited that you're Catwoman because I always thought Eliza Dusku would be an amazing Catwoman, and she just looked at me and she was like, Yeah, dude, and like and we fist bumped, <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> um. She's was... incredibly intelligent and beautiful and a good actress. I would love to meet her. She's uh, like very focused. I think she's um, going to school right now, but I would love to meet her someday if she ever gets back into cons or acting again. Or if cons become a thing again, which I'm sure they will soon. We hope. Um, True. Well, I'm. my roommate and I are going to do um, a meet and greet, a 10 minute meet for 10 minutes because we just want to talk to her and tell her that she didn't get what she deserved, but we appreciate her. <laughs> with, with, with who? With Charisma Carpenter? Yeah, she has set up her own like thing called MyCon Live where you can like, it's like doing a cameo, but you can be alone, like do a Zoom meet for 10 minutes with her. So we're going to do that and split oh. it because I want to talk to her. <laughs> That's cool. I want to yeah. tell her uh, what a good actress she is and that yeah. she deserved better. I <laughs> uh, I I totally agree, and I I've seen I've seen her at New York Comic Con. I haven't like met her yet, um, but yeah. But um, um, I think if I were to get into my who's favorite, your favorite, yeah, who's your favorite relationship? <sighs> What's well, funny? You put it that oh, way. You know, it's another. A- another good one that we didn't talk about at all that's not r- romantic i know this is supposed to be a valentine's episode but <laughs> buffy's relationship with giles yeah like him being her father that's another one of my favorites um you know what's one of my favorites that really is only in like the one episode is is probably uh giles and joyce <laughs> in the band candy episode oh my um, god Band Candy is in my top five for favorite Buffy episodes ever. It's a classic. I, I think um, it's just top to bottom a fantastic episode. And and I love like Giles is like the, the tough guy, right? And and she's like, and Joyce is like, oh, I love that. I love that coat. Very Juice Newton. And he's like, all right. And he breaks the window. Juice and she's Newton. Like, <laughs> She, she breaks the window and he's like she's like that was so brave <laughs> and I was just like oh my god she like takes her gum out of her mouth so that they can make out <laughs> and uh, uh, Snyder throughout the whole episode it's is so funny is fucking hysterical it's like, so uh, you guys like going steady uh, oh my god <laughs> Principal Snyder <laughs> Yes. Just call me Snyder. Just the last name. You know, like Barbarino. <laughs> <laughs> I love him in that episode. He did such a good job. Yeah. Yeah. That was so that that would be that would be one of my favorites. But I, I probably also uh I'd probably also give it to um to Buffy the Buffy and Spike because I liked I think they had great chemistry and whether they were adversaries or when they became allies i think they had a really great either way it was a great bond and that episode you were talking about before when he talks about um 
uh, you know, when he killed the other Slayers, um, there's a really, like, first and foremost, I think that episode is shot really, really well. Um, yes. But it's, I, I love the way he comes at her and then she kind of rejects him. And then at the end of the episode when she's crying, because he's just going to like shoot her in the head. I know. And then he's like, <laughs> and then he's just like, well, what's wrong? And he's like, you want me just to sit here with you? And, and it's just such a, they have such an interesting relationship that I think um, from, from when he was first introduced as the villain to and even the end of season two, when they team up like briefly, um, I think that laid the groundwork uh, for them being partners later in the show because um, he got to be quote unquote, the new angel, so to speak. Um, even, you know, cause it's like, like you were talking about before, it didn't make sense for him to be the new Cordelia, but it did make sense for him to be the new angel. Um, and I think that the show going in that route really, it, it made it, uh, it made it better because if it, if Angel had just stayed on it, you know, we wouldn't have gotten Angel, which is great. Yeah. And, and it, it couldn't work between them. We yeah. know it couldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Stacey Abrams, uh, the Georgia mm-hmm. Democratic voter champion, um, yeah. a really awesome quote. I don't know if you've heard it. You might've heard it. It was going around on social media. Um, but her whole thing about how uh, Angel was the right person for Buffy to be with when she was coming into her power and Spike was the right person to be with when she was the power. I thought that was such just like a poignant depiction, illustration of the two most major loves of Buffy's Buffy's seven seasons. I love that. I, I love that too. And I was really surprised when it was Stacey Abrams because I, I, I just I just saw the name Abrams and I was like I was like I didn't know JJ Abrams was a Buffy fan. I was like, wait, Stacey Abrams? That's <laughs> even more surprising. <laughs> um, it's so true though. Spike gives that awesome speech at the end of season seven um, after they've all kicked Buffy out, you know, mm-hmm. and he tells her how he's watched her all these years and he's seen the best and the worst of her and she's a hell of a woman. I'm like, oh, how can you not love Spike? How yeah. can you not? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. such a good speech. Yeah, he's a, uh, I liked, I really liked his arc throughout season seven. Um, I think he, it, he got to be, he got to have that hero's journey. So his sacrifice at the end yeah. was, uh, you know, it, it was earned, I think, by the end. And, and, and I think it's a great last line too, when she says, I love you. And he says, no, you don't, but thanks for saying it. I'm just, I'm just like, love it. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on to Angel and I don't know how much you know about season five with Angel. He has that Sean Shu prophecy that says someday you'll become a human after you've done like enough good deeds. And then it turns out like, oh, it could be Spike or Angel because they're both champions with souls. Um, I love that for him. I think he earned it. I mean, he he fought for his soul and he fought to save the world many times and died for it. And 
it was nice like justice for him um i i have not seen angel season i've not seen (laughs) well i I haven't seen angel season five yet so i gotta uh actually like well you're only like like 20 years late (laughs) (laughs) it's like i've seen literally like about half of the show like halfway through season three i think i didn't i think the last episode i ever saw was when the one guy takes baby connor like into hell or something and and yeah it's a holtz okay kidnaps him okay he's he's the guy that used to chase darla and angel back in the day Ah, you need to watch it season five has uh i actually tweeted it's so funny i know this for certainty because i just looked it up when i was watching angel i tweeted alexis denisoff in 2013 (laughs) because i was watching angel season five Mm-hmm. And there's a character I won't, you might already know, but either way, I'm not going to say, so I don't want to, I don't want to send spoilers out there for anyone, <laughs> but okay. uh, a, a major character dies in season five. Um, and I tweeted and was like, oh, so-and-so's acting in this episode. Like, for Fred, for Gunn, for Wesley, like, holy cow, that season, it, I think, I, the show got canceled in the middle of the season, um, so they kind of had to, like, wrap it up, and I absolutely cannot, I hate the end of Angel, I, I hate the series finale, um, and I really wish we could have seen more, and where they could have gone with it, if they had been another season. I'm, I, I'm definitely curious, and I do think about it from time to time. And I, I, but even when they were both on, I always gravitated more towards Buffy. Um, but I did always like Angel, where, and I love somebody described it as it's essentially Joss Whedon getting to write a Batman show. So I was like, well, I'm sold, you know. <laughs> um, so that works for me. They, I mean, it's like a detective. They went with like the detective noir yeah. to start. Like that's how it starts off like that, mm-hmm. that style of film. Um, the way it's been described as just like a more adult version of Buffy. And honestly, I hate saying this because I feel like such a traitor, but I've, I've told people before, I love Buffy. Like Buffy is my favorite TV show that I have ever loved. Like it's like Buffy in the, the office. Yeah. But uh, Angel, I like Buffy is my favorite show, but I almost like Angel better because I like the tone of Angel. I love the tone of Cordelia and I love the tone of Wesley, especially when he's still like very nerdy um, and trying to like become a man, basically. It is so funny. There's just like a more lightheartedness that those two bring um, that even when things are bad and heavy, it like Buffy left me feeling kind of bad sometimes. Not that I, not that it's bad to feel bad, but Mm-hmm. I love Angel. I just love the laughter it brings. <laughs> I the acting I'll, is good. <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be getting into that pretty soon. Um, finish the second half that I never finished back in my wee days of the youth. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Emily, this this has been uh, this is this has been a blast having you on finally and uh, and getting to have this Buffy talk that we never really got to have before. Um, we uh we definitely have to um 
we, we'll have to do that more often, uh, especially uh, next time you're in town. We'll uh, we'll we'll binge a few episodes. No one can see except you, but I'm making peace signs right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's much appreciated. Um, Thanks for well, having me. It was super fun to chat with someone who knows as much about the shows as I do. Yeah. That can like understand. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to be like, well, okay. So, so it's like she's a slayer and there's a chosen one and. <laughs> trying to explain to boyfriends Buffy and why I love it. And can we please watch it? And it's always a resounding no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. I get that with your brother. Okay, great. So you hate women. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I get that. I get that with your brother. I'll, I'll like be watching, and he's like, he, he'll just like sit down, and he'll like be on his phone. He'll look up and go. <sighs> with Buffy? Yeah. He's not a big fan. Oh, gonna have to have a talk. <laughs> Is he there? <laughs> I'm coming over. <laughs> Don't speak for me, man. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Now I have to credit you in the episode. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, thanks again for, uh, for, for joining me today. And, uh, um, you know, this, uh, this has been a lot of fun. We'll get you back uh, for another episode soon. Um, there's plenty of uh, nerdy Batman. shit to go around. Yeah. All day. I want to talk every- about Michael Keaton. That's <laughs> all I want to talk about. <laughs> And I just and I'm like, so today we're talking. You're like, here's what I love about Michael Keaton. <laughs> um, that'd be a lot of fun. No, you're frozen again. It's it froze a bunch of times. Um, it's all good. <laughs> um, well, anyway, we we'll uh, we'll catch up uh, we'll catch up again soon. And um, for all you listeners out there, if the apop- apocalypse comes. Beat me, or send me an email for comicjunkies@gmail.com. Um, I promise I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I haven't heard anything you said for the last thirty seconds. <laughs> I, I I did the apocalypse beat me line. That was supposed to be uh, the ending. I have a poster from the Scholastic Book Fair of Buffy from when I was in kindergarten with that line, and I still have it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my okay. God. So we're going to end for real now. If the apocalypse comes, beat me. Beat me. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.